My Wax Museum is a proud member of the Create Fine and is produced by Mecco Radio. Hey guys, Alex popping in before we get into today's show, just to recommend that you give us a follow at Mecco Radio on Instagram and Twitter. We've got some really, really cool stuff coming up for 2022, and I want to make sure that we can share it with everyone. I've yet to announce what the projects are, but they're really cool. So make sure you go follow at Mecco Radio on Instagram and Twitter and go to MeccoRadio.com to see when those releases happen. Thanks for listening. Now, onto the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm joined by Joseph Mims. I am delighted to have been put in touch with Joseph a few months ago. I can't quite put my finger on it, but chatting with him is an endlessly satisfying experience. It might be the way he's constantly looking for ways to serve his community, something I really admire about him. And remember, after today's show, to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Joseph Mims, welcome to My Wax Museum. Thank you for having me. I really, really do appreciate uh, you inviting me onto your show um, and your platform. And I love speaking to you because you always ask really unique, yeah, just very interesting answer uh, questions. And I'm always surprised by my answers to them because nobody's ever asked me half of the questions that you <laughs> ask. So that's that's really awesome. It's good Perfect. to hear. I, I really appreciate that. I, I would hope that after almost four years of doing this, I might figure something out on how to get people to talk. And that kind of leads us into my first question that I ask every guest, which is, how do we know each other? How do we know each other? You know, it's always funny when, um, when I get into contact with somebody to do like a podcast, either they're interviewing me on their show or I'm interviewing them on my show. Like how we met is always a blur, but I always remember the actual like podcast episode. So um, I do believe you probably email my wife back and forth. But the first uh, conversation and forgive me if it wasn't the first conversation, but the first conversation I remember us having was when we were being interviewed on your other show and you was at, you were asking us about all of these uh, mistakes that we made in our business and what we learned from a lot of those mistakes. And I, I think that was a very interesting way to get to know somebody through a place of where they're most vulnerable around their mistakes. And I just remember having a good conversation about that. And you made it very easy for me to share uh, those insights. So uh, yeah, we met somewhere around that that podcast episode. Yeah, yeah, we did. And uh, it was a great, I remember we had a great conversation about the lessons that you guys learn. And if people are interested in, uh, I'll put links to those specific episodes of Broken Bulbs that both Joseph and Jasmine were on together. Uh, and and so kind of moving more into your life, though, and I guess in a weird way, how you met yourself, uh, where were you born? Where are you from originally? Yeah, so I was born in Chicago, Illinois, on the south side, and but I was mostly raised in Gary, Indiana. That's where I went to school. That's pretty much where I grew up. But I was always, because those two places are pretty much just 25 minutes apart, 
I was back and forth through both of them pretty much my entire life. I would spend a lot of my weekends in Chicago just because I liked it better than Gary. But I went to school uh, most of my life in, in Gary, Indiana. Interesting. Okay, so maybe to start, tell me a little bit about Gary, Indiana. Yeah. Um, if you can, don't go. I mean, <laughs> that's the best thing that I can kind of tell you about it. It's one of those places where I think, um, like, there's a lot of good people there, but it's just not really an ideal place to really, like, grow up. So, like, obviously, if you have friends there, like, go. Like, it's, um, to put it in perspective for you, I mean, it is safer than you know certain parts of chicago so it's not like it's just the worst place to be all around but um it, it is kind of a poor community for the most part but like i said there there are good people there i still have good relationships there and i still go there uh from time to time to visit uh different friends that i have um and i'll probably never stop doing that because um you know, I am from there and in a way that will always kind of be my home. Uh, but it's a city where uh, a lot of people are really struggling financially. Um, but um, there, there, there is, it has its, um, it has its charm in a way. It has a way of like growing on you if you, if you stay there uh, long enough. So it's, it's, it's definitely, and it, in, in the seventies, it actually used to be like, a mini version of Chicago. But then when the, I think when some of the steel mills left, a lot of the jobs and the businesses kind of left with it. And that's how it came to be where, where it is today, which is not the best place to be, but there are a lot of good changes coming, uh, coming into the city. One of those changing changes being the hard rock casino that I think they are currently building and it's, it looks like they're almost done. And I think that'll bring a, a, a lot of life back to the city. It's interesting to me to hear the relationship different people have with where they're from. Some people are like, oh, I love it and I could never ever leave. And then some people are like, oh yeah, I got out as fast as humanly possible. And and that's really fascinating to me. But of course, yeah. uh, then you have this great love for Chicago uh, and you said that you'd spend your a lot of weekends there and stuff, but it's not even that far. And so tell me, what was the appeal of Chicago to you growing up? I think it was just like my grandparents were there. Uh, my godmother was there. And like, you know, when you're younger, you're always being spoiled, spoiled by everybody but your parents for the most part mm -hmm. so it's like whenever you want to just get away from your parents and get away with whatever you want to get away with you want to go to you know grandma's house or your godmother's house uh so i think it was more so about my family being there and i think that's the part that i liked about it uh the most but also i think you know uh chicago uh regardless of all its you know flaws and all its faults is a very cultural city. You can go to multiple museums, uh, go to a zoo, an aquarium, multiple zoos, uh, an aqu aquarium, and see a play and have some of the best pieces that you probably ha had in, in your life 
and you can do it all, all in one day in Chicago. So I talk a lot of crap about Chicago just because I think they're doing a lot of things wrong. But um, I think just the culture of it is it's it's something special, you know, and I love taking walks downtown. I don't like to drive downtown at all, but I would definitely walk uh, downtown. And it's like there's something interesting on pretty much every uh, single street corner. It, okay, here's a maybe a touristy question. If if I were headed to Chicago, which I'm sure I'll visit Chicago someday, if I were headed to Chicago, where would you recommend I go for like the best pizza? The best pizza. Um I would say I would say so there's the answer my wife would give that I agree that you should definitely go but I don't think it's the best but she thinks it's the best and other people think it's the best there's this place called lou malnati's uh pizza okay um she loves it she used to work there and uh they have they're probably like the foremost expert of deep dish pizza so it and it's really good don't get me wrong um but there's another place that i like a lot and honestly, it's like probably the most unhealthy piece you could possibly get because it's so greasy, but it's it's so good at the same time. And plus the pieces there are huge. And I'm more of a thin crust type person. But Ita Italian Fiesta is something that we always used to eat growing up. Um, and I don't know if they have any of those outside of Chicago, but I know it's specifically as being a Chicago thing. And I, I really do enjoy their pizza a lot. Okay, I love it. I do duly noted. I always like finding out about the food in in different places so that I can make sure I'm well fed when I visit. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, what other things like stand out to you when you think back to your childhood? What kind of things stand out to you as you know that you might pick out as like a sort of theme or something that was hugely important to you growing up? Yeah, I think one of the biggest uh, themes. Uh, of my childhood was that, you know, it wasn't always easy, but I think the parents that I had uh, just allowed me to grow in a way that I don't think everybody gets to. And I, I was talking to somebody the other day and it was really interesting because a lot of times you don't think about certain things before until somebody like asks you in a way. And, you know, we were kind of talking about how, like, you know, my childhood growing up that I don't think they're, the person was assuming that because, you know, my color and where I come from, that there's not a lot of privileges that I have. But I, I told them, like, one of the greatest privileges that I have, which is a privilege because not everybody has it, is uh, parents that instilled in me the the mindset that I could overcome whatever, you know, was in my way between now and where I want to actually be. And not everybody had that. And I thought everybody did just because I was raised that way. But as I got older, you know, I would see other people's parents and they would discourage them. Um, you know, other people's parents might discourage them from doing different things that they wanted to pursue in life just because, their parents didn't think it'll work out for them or their parents were afraid they were going to fail and they didn't want them to get hurt or whatever the case may be. And maybe it was out of love. 
But my parents like have never done that ever. And I think that's so huge because I hear about people all the time where they're like, oh, I want to do this, but my dad wants me to do this or my mom wants me to do this. And as long as I was doing something positive, my parents didn't care. And like they they were like, anything positive I could I I wanted to do, they supported me a hundred percent and not only supported me, but almost had this confidence that I would actually make it happen. So like when I was uh, really young, I had some type of disease that was like, you know, uh, possibly going to kill me. I can't remember the name of it, but, um, you know, my parents just had faith that I was going to overcome it. And I did. And, um, I was a pretty sickly kid, but, and doctors always said that, you know, he probably won't be an athlete or he might not learn that, you know, the speed other people might, but I ended up, uh, being pretty intelligent in school. And I ended up also, uh, being a student athlete, um, and, and winning, you know, uh, like a state championship as well. So it was just all these different things where, you know, I would have adversity, but my parents would basically treat me as though like the adversity didn't matter. And as I grew up, that mindset would serve me in in business and everything that I'm doing now because I was just raised that way and not everybody was. So I think that's a huge privilege. And I would say it's probably one of the be best privileges you can have. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Uh, and that is a huge privilege to have such supportive and encouraging and, and trusting parents to trust that you're going to make good decisions and to trust that you're going to be able to get through these adversities that you have. And so I'm, Curious, because you mentioned in our quick questions beforehand, you mentioned that one of the best things you've changed about yourself is the confidence you have in yourself. Did did this encouragement and support from your parents kind of uh, help foster that growth and change in your own confidence? Yeah, like, you know, I think the the biggest thing is that it seems like my parents were confident that I would be successful before I was confident that I could be successful in certain things. Because uh, kind of like I said, I, I grew up and I had a, a bunch of health issues that I don't even struggle with now. Um, and I still don't even understand what I struggled with back then because I was so young and I hardly remember it. But um, it's just they they always it's almost like when they speak to me they're they're not just saying you know uh you'll get there or a good job it's almost like they'll say like oh when you do this or when you get this or when you do that and it's almost just like sheer like just the the highest amount of confidence that you know something positive is going to happen and you know i think everybody's going to have times where they they question their abilities uh to do uh, things that are hard. And I think having a support system around you, that's like, you're going to do it. You're going to figure it out because if, you know, if you can't do it, it basically just can't be done. And I believe everything could be done. So it's like, you're going to figure it out. And it's almost like they knew all of these things that I could pretty much do anything that I put my mind to. 
And it's almost like throughout my life, I wasn't necessarily proving it to them, which a lot of, I think a lot of uh, people have to prove a lot of things to their parents. Um, I don't have to do that. I think other, as opposed to proving it to them, it was more so me proving it to myself as they watched uh, what they already knew was possible unfold. So I think it was just something powerful. And I didn't understand the impact of that until I got older and I started to see other people's relationships with their parents. And I was able to look at mine and was like, well, you know, that's huge. And it seems like such a small thing, um, you know, out of the many things that parents get wrong and out of the many things that the parent, you know, parents get right. I think that was one small thing that, or one thing that seemed small that they did right. And it has such a huge impact about, you know, the way, you know, you face adversity, um, how you carry yourself, how you think of yourself, how you command respect from other people. Um, it has such a huge Im impact. And I, I do attribute that to them. Hey guys, just popping in here at halftime to remind you to go and give Mecco Radio a follow on Instagram and Twitter. That's M-E-C-H-O Radio. You can also go to MeccoRadio.com to stay tuned for those announcements. That's M-E-C-H-O Radio. Com. Thanks for listening. Now, on to the show. Start looking towards more your present and then onwards to your future. How are you taking this lesson of confidence, of trust, of faith, of, you know, um, the, the awareness that you can overcome great things, that you can do great things? How are you applying that to your experience now as a business owner, as an adult, as a husband, as everything else that you are? Yeah, I think, you know, the the way I'm applying it, um, and I'm a, I'm applying it in a lot of different ways. And I like that you, you talked, you know, touched on the business aspect and the husband aspect. And I think so many people uh, find something that they're good at and they focus all their time on that, which I do believe if you're good at that, you should focus most of your time on it. But I think, you know, they can end up neglecting this, these other things. Like, you know, I was watching a movie and this guy was a awesome business owner, but he was a crappy husband and also a crappy dad. And it's like, I don't think, you know, it's worth, um, I don't think being great in one area is worth you being really bad and other areas, especially if those areas matter. So I think um, the the way that I'm applying uh, just confidence in all those areas is just, I think confidence comes from not only your mindset, but I think it also comes from the reps, the repetitions of something. And I think a lot of times, you know, if you want to get good at business, you know, try to do something in your business every single day and try to keep that up for a year or two or three years. Um, if you want to uh, have good health, put on your running shoes every single day and at least go for a walk every single day and do that and, and don't miss a day regardless of what's going on until that habit is ingrained. Once the habit is ingrained, you know, you can have a cheat day here and there, but ingrain the habit first. And I think that, the repetition of doing anything, even being a husband, I think 
through repetition is where you gain a lot of the confidence. And I think what my parents did is they instilled the base confidence that I needed to just try it. And then the repetitions are what give me the confidence to actually be good at it. Because there, it takes confidence to start something, but it takes another level of confidence to keep going at it and keep trying to get better at it as well. So I think, you know, the confidence that my parents instilled in me allow me to just try new things and, you know, sometimes be disappointed when it doesn't work out. But then I have this other level of confidence where I can keep going back and keep improving, keep uh, getting better and then look back a year, two, three, or even five years down the line and say, wow, like I'm, I, I, I'm glad I kept showing up um, because I'm a lot further along now than I ever thought I would be. I love how lesson filled this episode has become. Some episodes are kind of a travel log of I went here, I did this, I went here, I did this. But I love how, you know, this theme of effort and confidence and repetition. I really like that idea of if you want to be good at it, you need to put those reps in. You need to put that effort in, even if it's just a little bit, even if it's just going for that walk to stay healthy. I really like that and appreciate those insights. And of course, um, usually on podcasts, you plug your stuff at the beginning or at the end of it. I like to stick it kind of awkwardly three quarters of the way through the episode. Uh, so if you want, can you plug, can you tell us what it is that you're using this confidence in and uh, tell us a bit about your business? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my business is the Abundant Culture Fund. Um, and basically what we're, our, our mission is to spread abundance through uh, buying and growing small businesses. And our vision is to one day own uh, well over 100 brands that love and serve their communities, because we believe that when small businesses prosper, we all prosper. And really, our the operation side of what we do um, now is we're helping people double their retirement income in less time with less investment, less risk, and less fees by actually investing in the small businesses that we want to actually purchase and, and buy and grow. So uh, that's pretty much what we're doing. And uh, we have a website, AbundantCultureFund.com. If anybody wants to visit us and you know check us out, you can also find us at AbundantCulture.co, uh, which was um, the website we set up before we actually had the fund in place. But yeah, that's pretty much uh, what we're doing now. And it's just an, it's, it's a really fun journey because I, I think that um, going back to like my childhood, you know, I grew up in a city where, you know, it like if, if somebody had a big house that was like it was like foreign to us, you know, like we it was like wow, you must be rich. And it's like, no, I'm kind of middle class technically. And it's like, well, if you're middle class, what does that make me? And I think um, I think there was like, I didn't necessarily grow up in abundance. And, you know, I recognized that and I wanted to uh, create that in my own life and then spread it as much as I can, which is where the abundant culture, part of where the abundant culture brand actually stemmed from. Um. And 
I don't even remember where I was going with that point. But, I I liked it. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's basically what um, I, I'm doing right now is just trying to spread abundance in the best way that I know how. Oh, and I remember what I was going to say. I think part of where abundance comes from is, um, you know, small businesses, small businesses being successful, small businesses serving their community, uh, small businesses giving the charity, small businesses employing, you know, uh, people who otherwise wouldn't have a job without them. Like, you know, one of the best days of my life was when I hired this, uh, 16 year old girl. She had no job experience whatsoever. Um, and I, I hired her because it seems like she put in the effort, which was the main thing that I wanted. And now like, she's still super young. Um, and I'm still the only job experience that she's had, but she's an amazing employee. Like, one of the best bets I've ever made in my life by far. Um, just because she's creative, uh, she she puts in the work, she puts in the effort. And as a small business owner, I think our job is to serve first um, and make profit later. And, and that's my goal with the fund. I love that. I love how clear and distinct your, your mission is. And I want to hear a bit as we lead into the end of the episode, what's your vision for the future for this? You mentioned wanting to have over a hundred brands and be able to work with, you know, hundreds of small business owners and, and to help share this abundance. What, what do you envision that future as? Yeah, it, it, it's going to be a very um, interesting future because I think, um, so so there's the there's the economic impact that I want to have. And then there's just, the, I guess, the overall impact, for lack of a better word. The, the economic impact is that I think um, I think small businesses having um, more of the. The resources that they need in order to to grow and continue to serve their communities, because what I saw in. 2020, which was just heartbreaking, was that, you know, there were a lot of large corporations that were making profit, which I, I don't get mad at anybody for making a profit. Make as much money as you want, just as long as you're doing it the right way. But a lot of small businesses were shutting down. And then a lot of the bigger companies were raking in record high profits. And I just felt like, you know, I get that um you know sacrifices had to be made in that time but i think a lot of people just totally forgot that you know there's a bakery down the street that was just trying to put their kids through college that every time a organization came into a not-for-profit organization came into the neighborhood they supported it with their own hard-earned dollars I think a lot of people just forgot about those people. Their businesses closed down and, you know, some of them never recovered. And some of those brands are gone off the face of the planet. And uh, kind of like I said, I'm sensitive to the situation because it was like th there was a pandemic. There's this virus. There's, you know, all that stuff going on. But I, I do think that we should remember those brands that were there for us when we when it was a friday night and we had nothing to do 
Um, and that place was open, you know, that uh, after school, you had this girl that you liked in class and you took her to this diner that just had the best burgers. And now that diner isn't there anymore. And those like those memories will still live on. But now that 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 business doesn't have the opportunity to create those those new memories. So I think really my goal is just to really empower small businesses and basically give them the same resources and the same tools that larger companies use all the time. Um, and I just want to equal the playing field so that the little guy who only has a couple employees uh, has a chance to win uh, just like, you know, the hundred, five hundred million dollar company that's been around for like the last 70 years. I think both I think both brands are important, not just the bigger one. I like that. I like that. That kind of leads me into my last question which is a question I ask every single guest who comes on the show. And that is at the end of your life, when you've hopefully accomplished all of these things, you're, you're, you've been fulfilling the mission of the Abundant Culture Fund and helping people you know, build these brands and build their communities and helping humans. At the end of your life, when you're looking at all these experiences, what are going to be the things that you look back on with the most pride and with the most satisfaction? Um, yeah, I think um, there's a couple things. I think number one, uh, knowing that I don't have kids now, but me and Jasmine do plan to have kids eventually. I think one of my proudest things will be knowing that those children will be taken care of and that they will never really want for anything um at least at least not financially anyway i think we should all have goals that are hard to obtain but um i i just want to know that you know there's not going to be some bill that comes around and stresses them out because they don't have the money to pay for it um i think that will be one of my most proudest moments but i think also knowing that from the businesses that we've helped grown, that there's other families out there who are feeding their family, not only feeding their family, you know, uh, putting a roof over their, he their head, but also every now and again, hopefully I pay them enough to take a vacation, you know, uh, go to the Cayman Islands or Hawaii or whatever the case may be and enjoy themselves. Because I think we live in a world that's just way too big to not enjoy at least a decent amount of it. You can never experience all of it. But, you know, I think the saddest thing is when somebody grows up in a zip code like South Side of Chicago and Gary, Indiana, and they die and that's the only thing that they ever knew. Um, so I wanted my legacy to be that, you know, there was somebody who worked for the Abundant Culture Fund or um, one of the brands that the Abundant Culture Fund owns and they can say, I enjoy my work, which I think is very important, but my work also allowed me to enjoy more of my life as well. I like that. And uh, I really appreciate you sharing that and sharing your whole life with me on this podcast here. And with that, I just want to say thank you very much for joining me. 
thank you so much for having me on and asking really, really great questions. Honestly, like I don't think I've opened up this much on any podcast or any video for that matter, like ever. Like, so I think this is going to be, if you, if you want to get to know who I am, I think don't even worry about reading my about page or my about (laughs) section. Just listen to this podcast episode. Um, it's, it was very therapeutic for me as well. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, not just for listening to and supporting the show, but also for listening to the people around you. Remember to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco.